but all this I laid to my heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears is he, is he, as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a do living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. What will happen in your life tomorrow? What will your life look like next year, five years from now? Will your closest friends still be your closest friends? Will you have the same job that you have right now? Those are all questions about the future that none of us know the answer to. But one thing we do know for certain about our future is the truth that Ecclesiastes chapter 9 tells us, and that is that we're all going to die. The artist uh, Sufjan Stevens um, has a song called The Fourth of July, and in this beautiful and haunting song, he is processing through the death of his mother. And at the end of the song, he repeats this lyric seven or eight times at, as the outro to the song. The, the thing that he learns in the wake of his mother's death is that truth. The line that he repeats at the end of the song is, we're all going to die. And if you watch him perform the song live, he, he, he makes us stare at that fact even longer. He repeats the line in the live version for about three minutes with crescendoing music behind him so that through cut, cutting through all of our mindless scrolling and endless toil, we will be forced to reckon with the truth that we're all going to die. And that is what we are here to remind ourselves of tonight. So let me ask the question that I think these first few verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 ask of us. If it is the case that we are unmistakably going to die, what does that mean for our lives now in the present? And maybe more importantly, what does this say about the God who governs our lives? Well, in verse 1 of this text, we see the preacher of Ecclesiastes state for us plainly that we don't know what our lives will hold. That's what he means at the end of verse 1, where he says, Whether it is love or hate, man does not know, both 
are before him. We don't know whether the events of our lives will make us feel as if love is at the the heart of what ultimate reality is, or if our lives will make us think that there is nothing at the heart of reality except for hatred and absurdity. And the preacher goes on to say, though, that, that while both of those things are before us, while we don't know what our lives will hold, it certainly looks like our lives hold nothing but hatred. Verses 2 and 3, let me read them for us again. He says, it is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. Verse 3, this is an evil in all that is done under the sun. That the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that, they go to the dead. And that word event that's in verse 2 and verse 3 is actually the word for fate or fortune. What the preacher is saying here is that no matter what you do with your life, no matter whether you are a good person or a bad person, no matter whether you use your wealth to give away to charity and help other people or you spend it all on yourself, you may experience a horrible life. And you will certainly experience an end in death, no matter how good your life is. That's a guarantee. Our lives are so often filled up with what the preacher describes here, with what feels like hate as we await the day of our death. The loss of a baby in the womb. Crippling mental illness sexual abuse, the untimely death of a son or a daughter or a father or a mother, the reality of getting older and watching more and more of your friends and peers pass away as you are left to remain. Or maybe if you're a younger person, watching your father not be able to get down on the floor and play with your children the way that he got down on the floor and played with you when you were a child. The list of what feels like hatred goes on and on and on under the sun. These are life-altering forms of suffering. And notice, the preacher gives us a vocabulary to speak about these events that feel like hatred in our life, including death. That word, evil, These things are an evil. Death is evil. We know this. Intrinsically, we know this. We were not made like this. We were not made to get put into the ground and our bodies to rot and decay and decompose. We were made to last, and yet we die. 
It is an evil. Ecclesiastes encourages us as Christians to call evil evil in this world and in our lives. It is an evil when children die prematurely. When you have a miscarriage and a child dies in the womb, that is evil. It is evil when three nine-year-old children and three school employees get gunned down defenselessly. And Jesus himself shows us what this response looks like. Jesus, God in the flesh, went to the grave of Lazarus. And there in John chapter 11, it says that Jesus was fuming with anger. Jesus wept at the death of his friend Lazarus because death is evil. And this vocabulary of evil leads us into the biggest question that this this text forces us to ask, and the biggest question that many of us are asking, the question that maybe hangs over your life as it stands right now. If our lives and this world contain evil after evil after evil, are we in the hands of an evil God? In verse 1, the preacher confesses that the righteous and all of their deeds, those who are trying to follow after God, those who have entrusted themselves to him, are in the hand of God. But the question is, with all of the evil in our life, in our world, is the hand of God a good place to be? Is my crippling suffering an expression of God's displeasure of me? Is the history of the world, a history that is racked with evil and death, a statement about God's hatred of us all? Bible commentator Derek Kidner gives voice to this feeling when he says this, death, especially the death of those before their time or the death of the good at the hands of the wicked is what many would consider decisive evidence that it is hate from the hand of God, not love. To all appearances, God is just not interested. The things that are supposed to matter most to him turn out to make no difference or none that anyone can see to the way that we are disposed of in the end, in death. In other words... A loving, good God is not the natural conclusion that you might come to when you examine the empirical data of your own life and the history of this world. It doesn't take long to look backwards 50, 75, 100 years back before modern technology and healthcare to see just how many evils there were in the world. And even in an age like that, we can't seem to get rid of evil. We can't seem to out-medicate death. And so the question is, is there a place with all of this in our life, with, with all of what feels like hatred in our lives awaiting our eminent death that we cannot escape, is there a place where we can look 
other than our own life experience, to know that we are in good hands. The preacher of Ecclesiastes directs our eyes to two different historical events that sing in harmony about God's goodness despite the the lack of clarity and hatred and suffering, the smoke of our lives. Ecclesiastes, number one, tells us to look forward to the future judgment when God will blow away all the injustice and futility that clouds life under the sun. Come back on Sunday and you'll hear Pastor Benjamin preach about that reality. But Ecclesiastes also from our vantage point in history, encourages us to look back to the cross, to be assured of the goodness of God, that we are in good hands. The cross is the one place where you and I can look and be assured that God loves us. We can't look to the events of our lives conversation after conversation with those of us in this room would reveal that those oftentimes are nothing but evil under the sun. Love and hatred can come to any one of us at any point of our lives. However, no matter the events of your life, no matter the suffering that you undergo or might be undergoing right now, You can look to Jesus suffering the tragedy of an unjust death. You can look to Jesus bearing the weight of the wrath of God for the sin of his people, and you can know that God loves you. God himself came and suffered what was the most shameful death imaginable probably in the history of the world. A death and crucifixion that was meant to shame and ridicule only the very worst people of society. And the point that crucifixion was was designed to make was that person hanging up on that cross is subhuman. And God entered into that. Because Jesus entered into life under the sun and suffered the evil of death, no matter whether love or hate awaits you in your life, your ultimate trajectory, you can have hope that the ultimate trajectory of your life is love, not hate. Because death came, even and especially to the Son of God himself, you can know that the death and the suffering that precedes it in this life cannot mean that God does not love you. In the words of one theologian, he puts it like this, we know that the hand of God is a hand of love, and we know this because we know that the hands of Jesus were pierced for our transgressions when he was nailed to the tree. And so, church, tonight, you can know 
That since unjust suffering and death came even to the Son of God himself, you can face whatever evil in life might come your way, even the evil of your own death, because you can entrust yourself to the hands of the God who was powerful and good, who did not consider himself too high and lofty to get involved, but who did not even spare his own son and gave himself up for us all. And so whether it is love or hate that comes your way in this life, whether it is love or hate that you experience now, you can look to Jesus on the cross and know that you are in the hands of a God who loves you. No matter what your circumstances might tell you. And church, as we finish out this Good Friday service, these two candles are going to be extinguished. And we are going to enter into darkness. And it symbolizes so much of what our life is like here under the sun and eventually where our life will go in death. But even in the darkness the beams of the light of God's love shine through. And you can know that because Jesus himself, even as he went into the darkness of his own grave, went with the love of God. God was faithful to his son, even unto the very grave. So even if you are in such darkness that you cannot see, you can know that God faithfully loves you through it and that the trajectory of your life is not hate but love because you are in the hands of God. Let's pray. Father, it's on times like this when we reflect on the crucifixion, um, why you inspired the Apostle Paul to write the words, we desire to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. There is nothing else. This is why we're here tonight. This is why Christians have given them their lives for the centuries. This is why this world exists. It's because God loves people so much that he did not even spare his own life. So, Father, I pray for those here who are suffering, whose life feels like nothing but hatred. Would you, by your Holy Spirit, Speak to them in the rest of the service of the love that Jesus has for them. Help us all to look to the cross and to know that no matter what might be true about our lives, it cannot mean that you don't love us. Help our hearts to respond and to rejoice in worship. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.